Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Recalibrating the Scales. I'm your host and Chief Executive Resolutionist, Normia Vasquez-Scales, at your disposal. Consecrated 
by his majesty hovering beyond the stratosphere. Nuclear campaigns abruptly cease. Obscenities dissipate by virtue of a temperate breeze. Hatchets descend, indicating tranquil surrender, as whitewashed linen embossed with meticulously embroidered floral and frilly lace gracefully envelops brazen mothers and their fleshly daughters. Confirmation for the cessation of discord as mercy ascends from cinder and ash, stampeding the remnants of the signs of the time, birthing, yielding, ethical resolve. And now, without further ado, I'd like to reintroduce Clark Holtzman, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Recalibrating the Scales radio show, Clark. How are you this evening? Yeah. Thank you, Mia. I'm very happy to be here with you this Sunday evening. Mercy, mercy me. Mercy, mercy me. Indeed. What's going on? What's going on in the words of Marvin Gaye? <laughs> That's right. Well, Clark, can you can you share with our listeners, our new listeners, that is, a bit about you, your craft, and what Program for Jazz is up to for starters nowadays? Yeah, glad to. First of all, um, Program for Jazz is a is the name of a now a three piece band that does spoken word poetry. Uh, we've taken to calling it bespoke poetry. Um, what we do is a drummer. We are a drummer, a string bass player. That is, the, you know, the big bass and um, and myself at the microphone performing. I have a stage name. We're, we're evolving, so I have a stage name now, Lord Byron. And uh, we do original poetry, my own as well as poetry of uh, some people, some friends, poets whom I admire, and um, as well as some classic poetry. We like to refer to what we do as Shakespeare in 5-4 time. So what we do is we take classic poetry or uh, even contemporary poetry and we um, uh, treat it with syncopated hip-hop beats, jazz beats, R&B beats. That's all driven by the drums. And uh, adding the bass in the last six or six or eight months has um, has complemented that that uh, percussive style, as it were. So we're a three-piece band now and um, having lots of fun. Okay, excellent, excellent. And aligned with the topic, I know the hot topic for today is mercy, which I'm all ears. In regards to what are your indications or what are the indications to you or signs of the time for the need for mercy? And how can an equilibrium or resolution be attained in your point of view? Also, Um, furthermore, is well-warranted mercy the antidote for the erosion of American society? If you could expand upon that. Yeah. Um, Well, uh, warranted mercy... Uh, is, I believe, um, like any kind of compassion and like trust, everybody deserves mercy. Everybody should get the mercy. Um, everybody, and I mean everybody, um, deserves some some showing of mercy, not only because um, it's good for others, but it's good for those who are sharing mercy or dispensing mercy or being merciful. 
and I think if there's uh, you said in your inter- in your opening, um, there's a, kind of an erosion of um, of morality in the country or moral fiber in the country, and I'm not sure I see it quite that way. I see it more as as an erosion of of trust in community and um, and belief in one another, and so um, you know this whole Marvin Gaye notion of mercy, mercy me, and mercy shown toward others is just as important for the people who show mercy as it is for the people who receive that show of mercy. And I think there's too much, too little of that going on. Um, uh, I guess another way to put that, Mia, is there's too little um, courage in the country today, maybe in the world today, but certainly in my community in my very micro community, in my town, in my state, in my country, of people to step up and step over a line to show some trust and mercy to take that first step. And uh, um, I think that's something that's sorely missed today in our society. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a, a, a void. Okay. A void. A deficiency. Yeah. Avoid, or I think of it as a line in the sand that people are drawing and fearing to cross and fearing that if anyone crosses the line, this is hap- playing out on our very border, that if anyone crosses the line, they must be doing so in a uh, pernicious or dangerous or um, um, uh, uh, almost terror terrorist way. And so... Uh, you know, I would love to see more people step over lines in peace and harmony and community uh, and be received that way. And I think that all begins with everyone, uh, and, and I do mean everyone, top to bottom, trying to show some mercy to others around them. Okay, understood. And uh, again, you know, synchronize or you know, align with the topic. I know you, um, or I'd like to ask you, what is a poet's role in a society that's divided? Uh, that's a great question, and that question is getting asked frequently among poetry circles. Um, as you can imagine, being a poet yourself, uh, mm-hmm. poets are people who work not just with language, but with meanings and with passions and feelings and expressiveness and uh, in the kind of world we've been living in for the last generation almost, and certainly in the last few years, I think poets are in a bit of a quandary. What is their role? Uh, is their you know is their role to resist? Is that right for a poet? Um, uh, or is their role to uh, just make beautiful things, make beautiful objects, as any artist? Um, sets out to do, you know, make a beautiful poem as an antidote to all the ugliness or the the dissonance going on around us. Is that what a poet's role should be? So there's a lot of, I think, I wouldn't call it hand-wringing so much as I would call kind of casting about for how should I be a poet in this kind of environment? And um, it's not an easy question to answer. I I teach a poetry class once a week, and one of our 
on a couple of our weeks, uh, we've had that very discussion. What is a poet's role? Um, and uh, we haven't come to any definitive answers. If we had, I would be um, shouting it far and wide and taking it to um, the, um, um, the Poetry Society of America and saying, this is what we all need to be doing. I wrote, uh, I wrote a poem you know, not a year ago that's all questions that is, its theme is what is the poet's role in the world we live in today? And this poem answers the questions by asking questions. It shouldn't a poem, shouldn't a poet be asking all the questions? Should poets be leaving all the questions and the answers to people in powerful positions? The people in powerful positions are supposed to have answers. That's what we elect them for. But should they have all the questions? Certainly not. And so who should be asking the questions? And who is better positioned to ask the right questions than the people who deal with language as as a livelihood, as, as a pastime, as, as, um, as a hobby, as a way of life, actually? Um, and so... I, I think too many poets feel that poets have to have answers. And I don't think poets any more than anyone else have answers for the world at any, in any condition it's in, particularly the world we live in. But poets certainly should be asking questions. And I think poets are better positioned than almost anybody to be asking the tough questions, whatever those are. And, and um, uh, thinking, the time we have left, 15 minutes or so, I don't think we can get into very many questions uh, that are um, useful, but I think any good poet should spend time writing poetry, thinking about what is it we're here for, what are we doing, and uh, you know, what's my purpose as an artist in, the, in this world. Okay. And I know you cited some... Um... Some, I had rendered some wise advice or counsel for our listeners pertaining to the subject. Um, is there anything you, else you'd like to add to that in addition for how they can contact or follow you? Um, well, I, you know, first of all, I'm, uh, I don't leave anyone the impression that I have advice and counsel for anybody about anything. I write mm-hmm. poems, and I hope that my poems tap a, a source in people that um, um, you know is fulfilling and enlivening, and, and that people accept can accept as a gift uh, from the heart to the heart, from one spirit to another spirit. And perhaps that's that's enough. Uh, maybe that's all you can ask of a, of a writer of any of any age and of any style is to create that voice that other people can hear. Uh, and that will touch other people. So uh, that said, um, uh, I would invite people to visit uh, Program for Jazz, where we enliven a lot of this poetry. We, we set it to music. We set it to rhythms and and and, um, and beats. And um, uh, we actually introduce stories with it. That I think uh, the program we often do tells a story of where we live today, what, you know, what our challenges are today. 
and how how can we address better what we're living in and and it's capped in my mind by by a poem titled Mercy that I've written, which I hope to share with you before we're we're done here. Um, that as I started the, the show is you know I hope that people hear us and think you know one thing I can do is to step back, take a breath, look around me, and see all the people around me in all places of power, responsibility, see the victims, see perpetrators, see everybody as being, we're all caught up in something that, um, that has reduced our, our ability to trust one another and to believe in one another. And we need to sh- start showing some mercy toward one another for our own sakes, if not for, the other, if not for everybody else. I think that's an important thing. So you can start by going to – we have a new website, uh, which is program4, the number 4, jazz. So program4jazz.com. Um, and you can follow us there. Um, it's it, All it is is it, it uh, provides some photos of the band. Uh, it, it has a, uh, a link for upcoming shows that we're doing. We're playing at um, a little bar called in Chapel Hill here called Imbibe. And uh, it's a great little um, kind of uh, uh, New Orleans honky-tonk. And what we do fits perfectly in this little bar. So we're, we're, we're playing there on the 28th of this month, as a matter of fact. So I invite people to come in and hear us. We're playing at uh, Thalian Hall in Wilmington on December 1st. Um, so if uh, any of your listeners are in the, in the southeast North Carolina area, Come on to um, Dailene Hall. That's a Saturday, December 1st. That also we're turning into a benefit, a disaster relief for the New Hanover County Humane Society. So we're trying to raise proceeds for them, all proceeds from, I think it's $20 for the general public and $10 for students and seniors. And all those proceeds will go to um, the uh, animal shelter in, um, mm. in uh, New Hanover County. Uh, we're trying to set up other uh, programs. We hope to be playing it in Bible once a month. We're trying to do other shows around the Triangle area as well. Uh, so you can follow us there, all of that activity there, the history of the band at programforjazz.com. Uh, we have links there to our favorite poets, our favorite jazz artists, um, some of our favorite uh, poetry outlets. Uh, soon I hope to be adding a blog to the website so we can have some, uh, you know, fuller discussions of the very thing we're talking about. Um, and some uh, sound clips um, from shows, from recordings we've done or we're starting to do. Uh, we have a presence on SoundCloud, so that's linked there as well. So I would invite everybody to uh, go to the program for jazz, and if you're in the area, come on out to Imbibe on, uh, I think it's a Wednesday, um, November 28, 7 p.m., and uh, it's I think that's um, half-price wine night, so I had to come have a glass of wine and listen to us. Okay. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you, could I, may I share this poem with you? Absolutely. Good. This is what, uh, when uh, you and I spoke last, I really wanted to share with you on, on this show, so... Thank you for allowing me to do it. The poem's titled Mercy. It is um, 
a reaction to uh, actually a country song, but it's a very kind of New Orleans backwoods country singer-songwriter named Mary Gautier, who wrote a song titled Mercy Now. And uh, so this is a bit of a reaction to that, and there's a line, we could all use a little mercy now, from her poem that appears in, um, from her song that appears in this poem. So if you, if I may, I'll, I'll read it. Mercy. I've always wanted to show you a kind of mercy. Mercy that you could be sure of, that you might point to and say, see, now that's mercy, you merciful boy. That kind of mercy I surely would shower on the world, on young and old, on the beggar standing along the exit ramp, on the old lady and the old Mercedes in old furs looking lost in this new and angry time, and on the clergyman snoring with the sacramental wine, on the mayor, on the president, on just about everyone. That would be big mercy, something you'd sense even before it arrived, like the sun rising or a plate slipping deep beneath you, bringing earthquakes, earthquakes of forgiveness, second chances, clean slates. I'd have trouble with that kind of mercy, keeping it under wraps. It would slip out unexpectedly like a tongue in the most awkward moments among strangers and leave me dumb in the shopping mall, on the steps of the church, in your front yard, mouth open and my hands by my sides, tongue tied. People would say gratefully, we are not worthy of such mercy, but we are grateful for it. And besides, we like your timing. It couldn't have come on a better day, and there I'd be, mystified by the workings of my own goodwill, but glad to be of help, awfully glad. We could all use a little mercy now, as the song says, couldn't we? Especially now, especially us. If only I could show you mercy for the wrongs and the rages, mercy for all the bad luck, some mercy now, just for us, for being us. Thank you. Oh, that was breathtaking. I'm always taken by your poetry. Uh-huh. It, comes as, it comes as no surprise. No surprise. Uh-huh. And I really, really well, appreciate you. you gracing us with that part. I mean that. Well, I hope it touches some, uh, some souls and some hearts. That's what it's for. Well, it definitely moved mine. Mm-hmm. It definitely moves my mind. We actually, Clark, have a couple minutes left. You know, before I close this out, if you wanted to vocalize any final thoughts. Um, what are you doing? Let me ask that. With this program, which is a wonderful idea, I'm so happy you're mm-hmm. you're continuing with it. What are you doing with this program to um, to make life better for everybody? This, because I I do hold a life co- well life coach credentialing. In my opinion, this is supposed to be not just a, a radio show, but as I refer to as a movement mm-hmm. and a means of a mean just a means of just spreading some evoking balance, spurring people's thought processes, a, a means of healing 
people. A complimentary oh, means of healing over yeah. the air over the airway. So this is something that's quite humanitarian is is the works that you're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a great outlet so for folks like myself, and it's a it's a marvelous idea, mm-hmm. and I love this notion of healing and uh, balance. And you use that word a lot. Um, in your conversation even about achieving balance. And I, I think that's a perfect mm-hmm. perfect way, perfect uh, analogy for where we are or where we could be, where we certainly aren't in some parts of our lives, uh, that we're so much out of balance that through uh, programs like this and people like yourself, I think that helps all of us get back into balance. So kudos to you. Yes. Yes, and that's the intention. That's the intention. I'd love to see it blossom into, you know, grow into something grander. But even on this scale, I, I feel as though um, I'm exercising my calling, one of my yeah. callings. So my pr- profound duty is being performed, <laughs> as yours is, or yours are. Yep. Any other final thoughts? I think that's I've uh, with with that in, in the poem. I think I've said about all I should say. So, and I again, I'm grateful for this opportunity to to be heard and to get. Uh, I, since this is on the internet, I uh, I can assume it's going out over the world. So, hello world, and have a little mercy on yourselves and others. And thank you so much, so much for chiming in again this evening, Clark, and gracing us with that poem. It really, really, really put the icing on the cake for the evening. We're good. One moment. Okay. Stand by, please. I'd like to extend my utmost gratitude and appreciation to Clark Holtzman for joining us this evening. I genuinely, genuinely appreciate, you know, every morsel of that. Moreover, I render accolades to my behind-the-scenes team, Bradley, as always, alongside all of you listeners spanning the globe. Please tune in. We humbly implore your continued patronage and listenership. Given that this, this radio platform and movement, it is a movement, rests upon your broad shoulders. Until the next episode, this is Normia Vasquez-Scales, signing off.